Welcome to the Five Seven Podcast. I'm your host, Pre, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Salinas. Good evening. And today we have a law enforcement uh, official with us, and he's going to go by, uh, I don't know, we'll call him something from like the X-Men, like uh, Agent Zero or something like that. <laughs> how you doing? How are you, Mike? Good, good. How, is, uh, how did you survive the uh, polar vortex? Dude, uh, I... I didn't. I had a, a bunch of days off, which was good. Awesome. Um, and uh, I wrapped myself up and I drank a lot of wine and whiskey. <laughs> so. Yeah, man. I think everybody Damn. kind of uh, tried to brave the, you know, just the bitter cold that that came through because, you know, I went outside and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna check it out. And it was it was cold, but I think the body gets to a point where you know, cold as shit is cold as shit. Right. But. But I noticed, like, I walked back in, dude, like, my face was burning, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, I just went and threw out the trash, you know? My face is, like, on fire. <laughs> Absolutely. I, uh, it's funny because I woke up and I said, uh, all right, I'm going to have a cup of coffee, you know, have my eggs, have a protein shake. And then I kind of – I'm like the little kid looking out the window and I'm like, mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> should I go to the gym? Should I not go to the gym? I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym. Why? Yeah. So – I bundled up and, you know, my car barely started and, 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 but I made it, I survived. Cool, man. Cool. Yeah. It was, uh, I, a person that I work with, she, um, she didn't know that she had, um, her, her front door leaks air oh, and she didn't know that it leaked air like really, really bad apparently. And sure. she says that her thermostat said that it was 52 in her place. Oh, my God. <laughs> she's lucky the freaking pipes didn't explode and, know. you know, know. she didn't have uh, Jack Frost sitting next to her. <laughs> just hanging out, <laughs> just sitting there. Yeah, like, right? What's Holy. up? <laughs> Crazy. We, uh, we talked about Jack Frost in a, in a previous uh, podcast. There was, there was one with, uh, like, Michael Keaton. It's like a wholesome one. And then yeah. there's one with, like, uh, I don't know who else is who's in it, man. But it's like a, it's like a horror movie. It's actually yeah, kind of funny. It's the, it's the guy. Well, there, there's the horror movie one. There's yeah. that one. And then you have the one with uh, the guy from Home Improvement. Tim Allen. Right, or right. He, the Santa Claus is what it was. That's what yeah. it was. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about the uh, he's talking about the one like it's like a porn version of Jack Frost and it is uh <laughs> it's not funny, dude. It is me- it is messed up. This was the crap we used to watch when we were younger. It's it's bad, man. Hey, man I'm I, I'm not uh, I'm not even going to question that. I'm not even going to hit that that note. <laughs> so uh so what what made you um what made you want to get into uh, law enforcement? Like was there like a life experience? Is there, you know, did you, you know, watch Cobra and you're like, yeah, that's what I want to be, you know, like, what was it? Well, man, to be honest with you, I mean, um, you know, we all, you, you know, the three of us kind of grew up in the same circumstance slash like, um, same area. Right. Um, and for me personally, uh, it, you know, my, my uncle and my aunt, uh, they lived directly across the street from me growing up. And, um, you know, they, they were both heavily involved in gangs. Um, but, and I was there literally like, you know, I mean, in a 24 hour period, I used to hang out at my grandma's house, probably, you know, 12 hours out of that 24 hour day. Right. So half the day. Um, so I, I, I saw everything, um, at a, at a real young, early impressionable age where, um, I saw my grandmother, um, my uncle's. Um, my, 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 my cousins, everybody kind of going through the chaos 
of what um, gang life and what the you know criminal life and what um, what it does to the family from the inside out. I mean, I literally lived it. Um, so at an early age, for me personally, um, I always ask myself, how do I break this cycle? You know, how do I how do I how do I stop this from happening to another family? And for me, it was always like, you know, should I be a lawyer? Do I do I need to fight? Because when you're young and you see the police arresting a family member and you see the police responding to um, kind of your environment, you think at an early age um, that it's the police, that it's you know, they're just messing with your family or they're just doing something to to kind of stick it to you. When, because you don't know the whole story, you don't know what, what's actually happening, um, outside of that picture. So your family and you growing up, you only think that, that, um, that it's, it's everybody else. Like, you know, it's not my uncle, it's not my aunt, it's not the gang life. It's not the other people. It's, you know, these, these gang members that used to come to my uncle's house, you know, um, although good people, they, you know, in front of us, they were doing things outside of that experience with us that, you know, that 20 minute experience that we had with them, that was, um, that was probably hurting other people's lives, um, other families. Right. So, um, early on, I wanted to be a lawyer because I thought I will never allow, you know, how do I get, how do I help my family get through these kinds of situations? Um, how do I make life easier for them against, you know, law enforcement? How do I protect them? Right. That was my way of thinking at as early at an early age, and then as I started growing up, and I started to understand and see what exactly was happening, I started realizing that it's not you know I mean in some cases, um, you know in some cases it is you know a, a bad situation where somebody is getting picked on um, you know in the community or whatever it may be, but in most cases you know. When you're when you fall into gangs, when you fall in the hands of gangs or you fall in the 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 hands of the life of crime in general, you know, these are all life choices. Now, I say that, you know, kind of, um, you know, don't I don't want a bunch of people to crucify me and say, oh, you know, you, you, you know, it's not always life choices because it's not um, sometimes the environment in which we grow up in um, kind of um, some people don't have that choice. Right. But the people that I've grown up with, the people that I know, my experience, I would say it's, you know, at least 60 to 70 percent of those people made that choice. That's just from my life experience. I can't speak on everybody. So, you know, anybody who's listening, don't think that I'm saying that I don't understand that it's not always a life choice. But in my experience, from my family and my people that I grew up, it was a life choice. And um, you know, I grew up in a very healthy home in the aspect of, of love and, um, positive relationships and positivity. Um, so I, I don't know, you know, that, that kind of pushed me to want to stop it. Um, it, it made me want to do something to stop others from, from falling into that life. So when I became a police officer, one of the things that people always questioned me about was like, you know, why do you spend so much time talking to these kids? And, and, you know, what do you see that I don't see, you know, because I see this kid and, you know, I see a kid that doesn't have a chance, but with you, you speak to these guys, you're firm, you know, like that was the thing for me on the street was always 
you know, being real as possible with, with anybody and everybody treating everybody the same, being real, but at the same time, having a moment of empathy, right? Um, that's what a lot of guys forget in, in this line of work is empathy. And the longer you do the job, the harder it is to sustain empathy because it's always the same thing over and over again. It's like a vicious cycle and you have to reboot your mind like you, Mike, I mean, you were in the military. Um, you kind of, you know, um, how important it is to reboot your brain and reboot your cycles. Because if you don't, you, you, you fall into this habit of thinking that everybody's the same. Every life is the same. Every crime is the same. Right. Right. And it's not, it's not, it's, it, you have to take it on a case by case basis. And I think in this line of work, it becomes, it gets harder and harder to do that, um, with, with um, some of the negativity, some of the, the things that you encounter on the street, some of the bad, um, the bad apples, you know, on, on either side, you know, whether it's the media, whether it's a parent, whether it's a, a gang member, whether it's somebody who, you know, just ran a red light. Um, sometimes it just, you know, it, 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 it's hard to do that. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, so, so to kind of to go back to what I was saying, I'm kind of getting off on this um, this rant here. What no, it's started, fine. What what started me in law enforcement was just, you know, making a difference, um, being a being um, not falling into the same trap that many of my own family members fell into. Um, and it didn't just, you know, it wasn't just law enforcement though. It was drugs. You know, I I never, I never, um, you know, I I just none of that stuff ever appealed to me. Drinking. I mean, I didn't have my first drink for the most part till I was twenty years old. Um, none of those things really appealed to me. I, I just was never that kind of guy. Um, and, and sports played a huge role in my life. That That's another thing that kind of pushed me um, in the direction to just try and be better than some of the people that I grew up with and some of the family members that I had. Um, but but that's really what pushed me is is, is sports and just trying to be better. Um, that that's, that's really what pushed me into law enforcement, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's uh, I, I think that's you know, uh, everyone's peers, they definitely play a, a role because uh, when I was going into the military, everybody was going to college. Everybody was Correct. going away to college, you know, and, and it's like, is is that what I'm supposed to be doing? You know, because it's like, because when I got out of high school, dude, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was right. like, well, I don't know. I think I'm going to work for a while. And I did that. And then um, I had my first winter working outside and I was like, oh, no, I'm not doing this the rest of my right. life. There's no <laughs> way. And uh, and then 9/11 happened, and uh, and then I, I entered the military because I'm like you know what I'm young and uh, you know it, it's time to 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 do something you know, and uh, yeah I went from the pan to the fire with that but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah I could totally uh, I could totally understand you know where you're coming from and especially when when kids get involved because you know you want them to um, you want them to see that let's like hey. You know, you can make it, everybody can make uh, a difference. You know, it's just like, you can't just blanket statement, everybody, you know, like all cops are bad. You know, that's not, that's not true because there are a lot of good cops out there, you know, and you can't say that, you know, all people, this demographic are bad. You know, that's not true. You know, like everybody has. And and it's funny because that's one of the things that, that it's, it's an interesting topic because um, I always, you know, when I, when I was working on the street and when I was working in law enforcement in that, in that capacity, um, you know, you, you, you tend to, you speak to people and, you know, uh, they're like, well, you know, um, 
cop, you know, cops are bad this way, or, you know, they would pull their kids aside and say, you know, don't look at that, you know, or if they were misbehaving their, you know, their two-year-old was misbehaving, you know, we're grabbing a sandwich. And one of the big things that happens is, you know, somebody grab their child and say, um, if you don't behave that I'm going to have him take you away, you know, and I would, I would say, ma'am, or, you know, young man, I, I will never, I'm not taking you to jail, you know, mm-hmm. because you're not, you know, you're, you're, you're misbehaving in subway. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you just can't, you want to get away from that. You know, you want to, you know, you don't, you know, you have bad dentists, you have bad lawyers, you have bad, um, you have bad baggers that bag your grocery. If you go to the grocery store and you get this guy that keeps giving you messed up bags, you're like, I'm not going to that line anymore. I'm going to go to the other guy because he bags my groceries. Right. (laughs) God forbid you get a millennial who doesn't want to do his job, you know? Right. Right. It's the same, it's the same thing, you know, you know, and, and people, unfortunately, um, because of media and because it sells um, news and newspapers and things of that nature, it, it gets likes on somebody's Facebook page or their Twitter page. Um, it's good to promote this um, this narrative that that uh, law enforcement is is really only out there to um, to uh, to do bad things, unfortunately. And that and that's that's something that I think um, you know uh, you know history has not always favored. Um, law enforcement and in, you know, there, there are things that we all can work on as people, as officers. Um, but, but again, you know, we, there are things that we can work on as a society in law. There are things that we can work out, you know, in politics, there are things that we can be better at in just everyday being good people, right. I mean, you know, helping your neighbor, um, just being a better neighbor. I mean, all of these things are relevant. Um, it's just not, but unfortunately, it just kind of, you know, you kind of get pinned in a corner when it comes to law enforcement. Would you say the academy prepared you for um, for like the everyday um, being on the job every day? Do you think that it prepared you, you know, fitness wise? Do you think it prepared you for situations that you that you ran into? Oh, God, man. Um, so so my situation is different. Um, everybody's experience is different. Um, and everybody's upbringing is different, right? So growing up again, where I grew up, I feel like, um, um, for me personally, the Academy didn't necessarily prepare me for, um, what the job entails, because what the job entails is exactly what I grew up in. I grew up, you know, growing up in East Chicago and growing up, um, with my family being involved in in a lot of the things that they were in at that time, growing up as a, a young guy. Um, kind of watching that and knowing how people are, I, you know, I grew up street smart. Um, you know, so I, I think everybody, I mean, you know, pre, I mean, I didn't grow up book smart. Uh, <laughs> so I was always, Neither the, did I. <laughs> you know, I was always the guy that was, uh, you know, basketball sports and girls was my, that that's kind of what drove me at an early age. Amen. You know, so, uh, you know, so I wasn't always the I, w- I wasn't always book smart, but I was always street smart. So for me in the academy, um, what I will say is that as far as preparing me for the job on the street, um, you know, it, it you, you get squared away on your law. Um, that's the most important. Um, so so you understand the law. And I was very fortunate enough to um, have a very, very um, thorough and, and good academy experience when it came to the law portion of it. Um, so in the aspect of knowing the law, which is, you know, I, you know, is one of the most important, if not the most important, because you got to know what you're doing. Um, 
everything else was pretty much you learn on the job, man, in the aspect of real life situations. There's no class. There's no book. There's no um, there's no recipe to when you respond to a hot call. You have yeah. to experience that. Um, you have to know how to deal with people. You have to know how to um, speak to people. I mean, a lot of this job is is communication. And I can't tell you how many times um, I went to just things that were shit, calls that were destined to be shit. And you get there and you're on your way and you're thinking this shit's going to hit the fan. It's going to be a terrible situation. And then you you speak to people like just like you and I are talking right now. I can't tell you how many times somebody was on 50 and I got there hyped up. But I brought my communication to exactly how you and I are talking right now. And when I did that, when I came to the party speaking like a reasonable person, 90 percent of the time, uh, and that's not all the time, but but 90 percent of the time. I was able to diffuse the situation because of just the way I was able to talk to people. And you don't learn that in the Academy. You yeah. can't, it's impossible. So, um, you know, the Academy is good for prepping you to understand to understand what is, what is on, what is on the horizon. Mm -hmm. But until you get boots on the ground and you're out there dealing with um, these, these situations, you know, you can't, you know, the Academy is great. Um, you know, it's, it's a very awesome experience. It's good for building camaraderie and kind of knowing, um, you know, networking through law enforcement and kind of, um, kind of learning that, that, that cycle and, and disciplining you enough to know, Hey, do I want to do this? Is this really what I want to do? Um, through your 16 weeks or your 20 weeks. But when you get out there, it's, it's trial by fire, brother. Yeah. Um, so the Academy, you know, it's great. It was a great experience. Um, it, it definitely got me, um, you know, I, you know, again, my situation was different. So when I got to the Academy, I was already, um, very, uh, I was up to speed and I, I was really in tune with my body. I was really, um, um, you know, working out was a part of my life at that point. So getting there and, and doing the physical daily grind of, of PTing and things of that nature, it really didn't, uh, it was good. Um, it gets you on a, on a system and stuff like that, kind of like you in the military. Um, yeah. um, as far as um, kind of the, the PT portion of it, um, I was already, you know, I was already really in tune with my body. So I can't really say that um, it, it was pushed me together. Right. Uh, not so much challenge. I mean, it's definitely challenging because, Somebody can smoke you for three hours just doing push-ups and it's challenging, right? You can be the most physically fit man in the world. So don't, you know, I don't want it to, I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, like I'm, like I'm egomaniac or anything like that, you know, but because so, there were, believe me, there were hard days. But as far as like, you know, how many days after the academy are you going to sit there and, you know, roast yourself doing 500 push-ups, right? It's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. So uh, it, gets you, it gets you prepared. It's, it's, it's a good um, it's a good slap on the rear end to say, Hey, you're going to do this or you're not. What are you going to do? You're going to shit or get off the pot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good idea, you know, for guys just in general, you know, I think it's important to, you know, to, to stay in shape, you know, especially going, I would imagine going into the Academy, you would want some kind of, you know, at least a decent base of good functional fitness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, the one, the one thing that is the true test is, you know, 
again, like, you know, one of the things that's, that's so interesting is that when I went to the academy, when I started going, um, was at like the height, you know, cause I, I worked in corrections and I worked in, um, you know, and then I, you know, I worked in law enforcement, obviously, but, um, one of the things that was really at the height of its, uh, it was like at the peak of its interest was jujitsu. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I was going through the academy, everybody was a jujitsu master. I'm a green belt. I'm a super purple belt. And I know how to do this and I can do that. And, you know, when we were doing, um, you know, red man, ah, oh, you know, I'm a, you know, I, I've been training here for 15 years and blah, 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 blah. And some of those same guys, when we, again, you can roll around on a mat and you can do all of these things. And, um, and I, and there are several guys, you know, again, I'm not dissing the jujitsu world or anything like that. I'm just saying, at that time of my experience, there were many posers saying that they were jujitsu masters. And when we got out on the street, you know, they couldn't, you know, fight their way out of a paper bag. Yeah. You know, again, l- real life is different. And everybody will tell you that they are, they were born in the street. They're street smart. They're this and they're that and they're this and they're that. I, you know, you can hear this from me and some guy you talk to on the street, you know, he didn't know what he was talking about. He's this, he's that. So, um, in that aspect, you know, again, when the rubber meets the road, that's when, that's when you find out what your true colors are, you know, what that person next to you, their true colors are. Everybody has a plan until they get hit in the face, you know? Right. That's so true. uh, And, you know, I'm sure like, you know, a lot of guys want to use their moves. And I think jujitsu is, is, is definitely a, uh, uh, a good skill to have, but it oh, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be the only skill you have, you know. Because if someone's if you're in a stand up fight with somebody, jujitsu is fucking worthless, you yeah. know. I mean, yeah, sure, you could try and take somebody to the ground, but like, what if it doesn't work, you know? Correct. And, and, and I mean, I mean, just at that at just at that moment, you know. Right, and and it's all it's it, again, you know, it's all uh, every scenario is different. Um, every. I'm, you know, every jujitsu guy is different. You know, mm. maybe, you know, one guy can get themselves out of the scenario because they're very well-rounded in fighting and ground fighting and things of that nature. So by no stretch of the imagination, again, you know, make sure you quote me on this. <laughs> I'm not bashing the, that world by no stretch because there are some bad motherfuckers out there and there are some yeah. bad boys that would, you know, my partner on the street would wear my ass out you know, seven days a week and twice on Sunday, you know, uh-huh. I mean, he's just a bad dude when it comes to fighting that way. Right. Yeah. But there are some, there are some posers out there. So why don't you give us a, uh, a couple examples of a few, uh, a few calls that you've been on. God, dude. So, um, it, it, it's funny. Um, I, I, I saw that question and, um, I kind of, I, I was expecting it and dude, like, um, it, 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 it's um, it, they're not specific calls, right? Um, there aren't any specific calls that really come to mind um, when it when it comes to my experience, um, and and I say that because every experience was different. Every experience, every call was was important for me personally. When I see that question it's not so much the calls it's 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 all the calls that's what makes you you know the kind of police officer that you want to be um it's all the calls magnified into one single moment there are so there's so many things that i've experienced um from working in the jail to 
um, being on the street to, to what I'm doing now that it, it's hard for me to sum up specific calls that really come to mind, dude. Like there are so many. And, and my partner and I used to talk about this all the time midway through our career. Like, hey, man, we should really be writing this stuff down because if we talked about it, nobody would ever believe it. But it's when you go to that call where a young father worked midnights the night before. And this is, you know, this happened to me um, early in my career where, you know, you respond to a call because, you know, he, his, his child is unresponsive, is, you know, re- relatively newborn moms at work. We get there. Um, the child is obviously, um, unfortunately, passed away. So the, the mom and dad had a, they were a young couple. They had a, a system that was down and mom would work days at night. Dad would go to work. So mom goes to work days. Dad comes home from work at midnights. Um, and he's just, you know, he falls asleep with the baby. And unfortunately, the baby, um, the baby rolled over, uh, wedged in the bed and uh, he passed. He or she passed. I, you know, I, I don't remember if it was a, a boy or a girl. But um, when you when you go there and you see that and you see the devastation on someone's face again, I, I go back to um, the term empathy that I used earlier in this interview. There are no words. There are no feelings. There are no. There is nothing in the academy. There is nothing in life that can prepare you for that. Yeah. And being the person to respond to that, what do you say? You know, what do you say to that guy uh, who's just trying to get his life together, who's just trying to make ends meet? Who that's that? You know, mom and dad have a system going. She works. He works. What do you do? What do you say? There's nothing you can do or say other than be there, try and try and guide that person through that. And you leave there and you just, I'll never forget it. I was always the kind of guy that I didn't talk to my, you know, my wife and I, we don't really talk. Um, I don't, I don't bring work home. I don't really talk about work. I don't talk about experiences unless they're, you know, I I try and keep them light. So if they're funny, like I'll talk about them, right. You know, I'll bring them up and my partner and I back when we were working, it was like, dude, that some of the stuff that we experienced, you know, you just can't, you can't even, you can't talk about it. It's just, it's some funny times. So like, you know, calls like that, Mike, um, those are the calls that, that stick out more to me than anything, because I've been involved in pursuits. I've been involved in foot chases. I've been involved in fights have been involved in every, you know, kind of a little bit of everything. I, you know, I was, uh, I was fortunate enough to, to kind of, uh, be thrown into the fire and kind of deal with it all. But those things, man, those things, when it comes to family, when it comes to children, when it comes to, um, um, abuse of children, though, those kinds of things, man. Um, and it's depressing as shit to sit here and talk about it. Um, but that's the real stuff, you know, that's the real stuff. That's the stuff that you know, they don't, you, you know, all these people who watch, you know, these, um, SIUs and all this crap that they watch on TNT and all these other shows that they think that this is what law enforcement is all about. And, you know, yeah, that's good for, uh, you know, to motivate you to, to think that, you know, a lot of these guys, they go to the Academy or girls for that matter. And they, oh, I want to work in, you know, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a detective. I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. Yeah. Well, you better make your bones on the street first because that's where it's all at. You know, that's where it's at. That's where you make your bones is working in the street every day. I'm sitting here talking like I'm some badass. And, and dude, I'm I'm a very 
I try and be as humble as possible. So by no stretch of the imagination, there are guys that are working the street right now that are much better men, much better police officers, much better everything than I will ever be. You know, um, I can only speak from my personal experience and some of the things that I've seen and done. Make sure that's noted because there are some great men and women that I worked with um, that that will be I'll, I could never be half the police officer or detective or anything that they were. They're just fantastic people. But I got to tell you, man, there's not one specific call that really sticks out to me outside of those experiences dealing with, um, you know, th- those calls are just they stick in your brain forever. So when you're you're packing in for the day, how do you turn yourself off so that when you walk through the door, you're you're kind of receptive to your family? It's kind of wild, man, because it, it's hard. You, like you don't you don't necessarily turn it off. You uh, depending on what your life, your home life is like. Uh, again, everybody's situation is different, and my outlet has always been you know sports or or exercise. And, and I was fortunate enough to marry a woman who you know, she's, she doesn't nag me. She doesn't bother me. You know, if I don't want to talk about something, I don't talk about it. And I'll, I'll never forget, um, that specific situation. I'm not a a guy that I'm just not a communicator in that aspect. You know, I kind of shut myself down from that. I shut my family out of that because they, they don't need to know that, but that I remember, I'll never forget it. That specific situation, I had to have somebody to talk to. And I spoke to my wife, you know, I came home and I immediately said, I got to talk to you. This is kind of what happened. And this is what's going on. Uh Oh, and this is what's going on. And I don't know how to deal with it. Um, I don't know, you know, what to do. And she, she listened to me. She didn't say anything. She didn't communicate anything back. She just listened. And that's all I needed, man. I just needed somebody to kind of listen. So for me personally, um, decompression, um, for the most part with those kinds of scenarios always involved, talking to my wife and exercise to be quite honest with you that's the 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 long end of the that story i suppose yeah exercise is a great uh is a great stress reliever so working in the uh in the gang unit how would you say um like progress is being made from you know these guys that are running around you know kind of lawless in a way man progress is made every day um every second uh, progress is progress is in the eye of the beholder, right? You know, because unfortunately, um, there will always be that element in the, in, in, in crime, in, in this world, there will always be the gang element and they will, they will always prey on the people who are, um, mentally weak in that aspect and who don't, and, or who don't have the, uh, the home life that I wish everybody could have the, the pro the boots on the ground answer is that every day progress was made, but the, the, the realistic answer is that there will always be, and I, I, I call them predators at this point. There will always be predators, um, in that gang, in the gang world that will prey on kids, on men, on women, on Anybody and everybody who is not strong enough or lost um, in their life at a moment or weak at a moment, and they will prey on those people. And w- you know, once they can sink their teeth into those those uh, unfortunate, you know, men, women, children, whatever, they just kind of run with them, dude. So it, it's a 
it's a tough, tough battle. Um, I, you know, I'd like to say we're winning, but you know, I, I would never be able to give you a true statistic or a true answer to that because I could tell you statistically we're winning, but when I see some of these kids running around on the street, um, you know, it, it, sometimes you lose hope and it, you know, gangs aren't like they used to when, when we were growing up, it, it, I wouldn't even call them gangs at this point. Um, they're, they're, they're crews. They're, they're young kids that are lost that are, that now they're, you know, there's 25 different street crews in a, in a school when, you know, when we were growing up, you know, you had, you know, you had your GDs and your vice Lords and Kings and you had your, your traditional Midwest gangs. So it's, it's crazy. It's like, it's like one thug, two cups now. Right. Like, <laughs> That, that those are the kind of crews that we have forming around here. But but like these kids are buying into it. Right. Yeah. Uh, are, are, you know, so it's like um, but you're fighting like 15 different crews, you know, at one time. So like, you know, uh, this this crew is fighting some other crew of 14 year olds and 15 year olds. So there's no real like how do you solve that? How do you, you know, you know, and, and, and the advancement of social media now is just so crazy that like, you know, when we were growing up beefs of like, you know, you had, if you saw, if somebody made fun of you at a school function or you ran into somebody at a, you know, you had a fight with somebody at a basketball game, right. Um, you, you didn't, you didn't confront that person again to freaking like 50 days later. <laughs> because no one had a car, you didn't, you do, you couldn't see that person. You know, maybe you talked to him on the phone and you guys had a dispute on the phone. But outside of that, you know, it, it was like it, it was done. By the time you saw each other again, fifty days later, two months later, whatever it was, it was over and done with. Now you have these kids that are constantly Snapchatting each other. You know, drama. You know, talking yeah. shit and just like rubbing it in somebody's face that oh I. You know, I beat you on the basketball court. You're a bum. You're this, you're that. How do you <laughs> like, how do you combat that? Right. And right. Um, this this goes to the like one of the things in general with like the the, the, the whole bullying thing in in, in today's society. Um, and like, you know, I, I attribute a lot of the things that were that are that's happening with kids. Um, with the younger generation and I sound like an old man. I'm only, you know, I'm, I'm you know, still relatively young. We're just getting started, uh, dude. A lot of what I attribute to what's going on in today's society is the quick access to bash another kid. So like, you know, you, you could, if, if some kid has a bad day, you know, at, at you know, their, their bad day started at 9am, every kid from every different neighborhood across East Chicago, Gary, Chicago, California, everywhere will know about it by lunchtime because some asshole kid is going to post it on Facebook that this kid, you know, you know, he spilled a milkshake on his shirt. That, that bothers people. Like that might be something that actually ruins somebody's day or month or whatever it may be. You know, maybe somebody was on a, on a high, high, high. This kid was on such a high. All of a sudden, he spills a milkshake on himself, and the whole world is talking about it by by twelve o'clock in the afternoon because somebody posted it and shared it, and that got shared by somebody who doesn't know, and that but you know that but that person shared it, and dude, it, it's it's a it's almost like a cancer. How yeah. do you 
that? How does law you, law enforcement can't? We can't. You can't. You can't. It, it's it's almost it's almost impenetrable. You know, you can't. You know, social media is is it's so beneficial, but it is it is so bad. It is so bad. Um, what it's doing to some of these kids um, in these areas, but it, it kind of goes back to when we were growing up. You know, they say video games. You know, video games will make this kid violent. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. Oh my God, have you yeah. seen this Mortal Kombat? <laughs> I, I played a lot of video games in my day, and uh, I can't say that I ever wanted to freaking throw a chainsaw at somebody. <laughs> you know, so, or, a, or a sombrero. I mean, Jesus yeah. Christ, Kun, Kun Lao. Right? I mean, who has a sombrero like that? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's 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 uh it's unbelievable how fast you know things can go uh, south. Being a kid these days, you know, like like yeah. you said, you know, this kid you know, spills a milkshake on himself, and and naturally he does it right next to the chick he's got a crush on or something. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. So it's and, like I tell you what, if it wasn't done in front of that chick. She knows about it by 11 o'clock because yeah. everybody posted it. And she's like, man, I was digging that dude. And now he's a, you know, he's a dweeb. I'm not going to dig him anymore because all <laughs> these people are sharing it on Facebook. Right. So yeah. I can't be seen at McDonald's buying a milkshake with this guy because he just threw his milkshake all over himself, you know, five hours ago. And even worse, I think he's probably getting body shamed by other people for drinking that milkshake in the first place. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, was it organic? Oh, yeah. my God. He was actually using real milk. Are you I, kidding me? Was, that wasn't an avocado milkshake. How dare him? Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it, it, it's uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting situation, man. I, so, like, again, I kind of got off the beaten path on your question, you know, to, to kind of circle back to your your thing as far as like, you know, how are we doing on, on the on the on the war on gangs, I guess, so to speak. Um, I'd like to say we're winning, um, but um, time will tell. OK, how would you uh, how's your fitness doing, man? What do you what are you doing these days? Fitness is great, dude. Um, so um, I'm probably running about, I don't know, like 11 to 12 miles a week. And then, um, you know, obviously heavy cardio and just um, it, it, in my 20s and in my early 30s, I was real big on just lifting. I'm going to be this bad dude. I'm going to, you know, gain all this muscle. And, um, I did, I did put on a lot of weight. Um, I kind of fluctuated between the CrossFit world, um, in my twenties and early thirties, um, into just lifting. And then at 30, if, you know, I, I still wanted to play basketball. Like my thing was like, I'm still going to ball. I'm still going to play ball. And, and I was able to do that through my, my, my twenties and then early thirties. And then at 34, is when the great, the first injury, the first major injury of my life happened, which was the Achilles tear. And I tore my Achilles at 34 and dude, it was, it was a coming to Jesus moment, dude. It was like, <laughs> all right, dude, like we're going to have to, we're going to have to reevaluate life and reevaluate what you can and can't do. Um, so, you know, once I rehabbed from that, I kind of switched my workouts to, to more, um, um, circuit training. So, you know, heavy, you know, I'm still doing, um, I'm still lifting, um, your traditional lifting styles, but I'm doing it, you know, relatively low weight, more like body weight and high reps, you know, um, and I'm doing that like three days a week. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday is usually my weightlifting days. And then everything in between is cardio. Um, one of the, one of the things, the circuits that I kind of 
threw into my 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 daily workouts is um rowing like i had to row run for a long time um so i was rowing so my my big thing is like doing um doing like four thousand meter rows but 500 meters so every 500 meters i jump off the row and i'll knock out 30 to 40 push-ups and get back on you know and then do 500 meters and i do that for about you know depending on the day like some days it'll be three thousand meters some days when I'm really motivated, it'll be 4,000 meters. It just kind of depends on the day, but I try and I just, you know, cardio now at my, you know, being 36 years old, I'll be 37 this year. Um, cardiovascular is probably more important at this point in my life than, than really weightlifting. Cause now I've got, you know, I've got children and a wife. I can just use the dad bot excuse as long as I, you know, as long as I can rock it out. If you're so. doing uh, cardio, you're, 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 you're good to go, man. Actually, I do the rower a lot too. I like to jump on the rower. I'll do my workout and then I'll jump on the rower again to, to yeah. kind of cap it off, you know, kind Absolutely. of a race to a, a race to a thousand meters, you know, or something like that. Yeah. But it's, uh, I actually, dude, I do cardio. I do cardio before like every single workout that I do just mm-hmm. to like get my heart going, get my, get my muscles kind of warmed up in a bit, you know, cause we are 36 now and it's important to, you know, to get everything loosened up, man. And actually recently I started doing yoga and it's really helped with, uh, it really helped with mobility. You should, have you ever tried it? Have you tried it yet? I have. I have. So I, I've done some yoga. Um, I like to now, like to, you know, I have to wake up at like five o'clock in the morning to get to the gym, you know, to be at work. And then I'm out, you know, depending on my day, you know, if I don't go like, it's one of those, it's that saying that, that, that goes like, if you don't get your shit done early in the morning, you know, then you're, you're probably, you're screwing yourself because by five o'clock, six o'clock, even if your day isn't crazy busy, you know, you drive through traffic, you get home by seven, you're like, dude, I'm not going to the gym. <laughs> so now it's like, get it out of the way early in the morning. Right. Yeah. So if I, if I don't get it done in the morning, dude, I'm, I'm like cashed out, you know, yeah. and then, you know, home, you want to see your family, your kids and stuff like that. So, yeah. How about your diet, man? How do you keep your, um, how do you keep your diet going considering you're, you know, you're so busy and you know, you're on the go and you know, you don't know what kind of hours you're going to be working. You know, how do you keep sure. it in line? Uh, meal prep is key to life at this point. You know, it just like with just being busy in general, um, meal prep is, is key. That's what I do. Um, so like the, the, the one thing for certain is I wake up, I'll have a protein shake and I'll have like three or four eggs. That's, that's like every day. Like at this point, eggs taste like, <laughs> Oh God, it's like, why do I even do it? But if I don't, the days that I don't do it, I'm like dying. So, um, typically, you know, it's protein, um, early in the morning or, or, or a carb of some sort oatmeal, like your traditional, um, your traditional meal for breakfast. And then I snack pretty much all day. If I, if I don't meal prep, then I'm, you know, I'm doing fruits and vegetables, um, through the course of the day. And of course I'm not perfect you know, I, I'm not, uh, you know, uh, Rocky Balboa. I mean, I, I still eat trash, you know, on days that I can, I mean, and and I, you know, like I was just talking to somebody last night, you pay to play. So if I'm going to eat a bunch of tacos or I'm going to eat a bunch of trash like this weekend, dude, fat, I've been on fat Island, no doubt about it. (laughs) You know, just pizza. I had pizza all night yesterday. I drank a freaking half gallon of uh, or half a two liter of, uh, of Dr. Pepper all by myself. Holy but, shit. But, you know, but like, you know, it's like, we're going to have to call a medic for you in a little bit <laughs> after this uh, podcast, dude. <laughs> it's crazy because like, you know, when I, I, I like nibble, 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 nibble. And then someday I'll just fall off the wagon. I'm like, ah, Dr. Pepper, yeah. you know, it, so, um, 
so like you know just snacking dude if if i don't meal prep then i'm snacking through the course of the day um i'm, I'm eating fruits vegetables nuts um i'll pack a protein shake i'll pack i'll pack salads and stuff like that again not perfect i eat trash you know a lot but for the most part i think my my intake as far as good calories and good health is way higher than the trash that I eat. You know, I limit myself to maybe one or two days of eating like crap and then I'm good. So do you have any advice for say, you know, like an 18 year old kid who is, you know, he's not sure what he wants to do. He wants to do something in law enforcement. And do you have any, any, uh, any advice for, 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 for those kids? Absolutely, man. Um, the, the, the number one thing is that Dude, and, and this is I, I can I can attest to this, and I'm so happy you asked this question. Um, I remember um, there there were things in in, and I was thinking about this the other day. There are moments in my life in high school that I remember people like looking at me and like, "What the hell are you doing?" And and I was ne- I was never in trouble or like I wasn't a bad kid, but I you know I never I just didn't want to do schoolwork. I didn't want to study. I didn't want to you know I didn't want I like. I always did things the hard way. Like, eh, I don't really have to study today. I'll study tomorrow. But I barely passed, but I passed, motherfuckers. Yeah. And that, that was like, oh, that was my motto, like as, as life, yeah. you know, early on. But I remember people looking at me like, you have so much potential. You have this. And I didn't see it. And I look back now because of this, I, the way that I look at kids um, who don't see that within themselves early on. My, my thing is I, I knew it was there. I was an arrogant little bastard, but, um, but I just didn't know how to do it. Right. I didn't know how to put it all together. And it took me a long time to do that. But the one thing that I always did, the one thing that, 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 that was always true to form. And I, and I, I attribute this to my mom cause I was, I was afraid to death of her. Um, like there were two things that I was afraid of. I was afraid of getting my ass whooped in front of anybody and everybody, and she would do it. I mean, it didn't matter how old I was. And the other thing was fear of of failing my mother. My mom was a single mom who put me through private school my whole life. She worked in Chicago to make sure that I didn't go to public schooling. Um, I was an only child. She paid for my college. I mean, dude, when I went to college, I didn't have to work. They, you know, they sent me $200 every two weeks. All I want you to do is graduate. I'll never forget it. So what I would tell an 18 year old is, um, you know, the decisions you make will affect you the rest of your life. You can skate the line. You can, you can play the game. You can experience life. You can, you, you can do those things, but always remember that the decisions that you make can ultimately affect your life forever. So, you know, that, 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 that night that you, you, you know, your friends stole their parents' car and you said, no, I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to get in that car with you guys. Cause I know you, it's three o'clock in the morning. You're driving around in your parents' stolen car. If we get stopped, I'm going to get screwed. You know, things can turn on a drop of a dime and your, you know, the decisions you make can be affect, can affect your future forever. And when you're trying to get in law enforcement and you're trying to go beyond law enforcement um, to work into to, to higher positions when it comes to the law enforcement realm, because it's not just police work. You know, you have, you know, federal jobs and things like that. The decisions that you make at 18 and 19 years old can affect you forever. So, yeah. 
always, always just, you know, I, like, again, I was always that guy that, uh, I was, I was still afraid to get in trouble, even though I like, you know, yeah, I'm not going to get in trouble. Yeah. Blah. I would do it in the back of my mind. I was like, shit, if I get in trouble, you know, the shit's going to hit the fan. I could lose this. I could lose that. But most importantly, I, I could let my mom down. You know, I don't want to be a statistic. I didn't, you know, you say what you will and, and times have changed a little bit, but I'm a Hispanic guy, you know, I, oh, I'm Puerto Rican, black and Mexican, you know, so I'm a, I'm a multi a multi-race more than multi-race, but I'm like Tiger Woods of law enforcement. <laughs> um, it, but it's like, you, you know, you say what you will, but the, the facts are the facts, you know, like to be here in this position it, is not always the case for people like us. Um, so yeah. you have to work extra hard to get out of that. And once you get out of it, you know, you're good. Like, you know, I've never been judged because of, um, who I am or the way that I carry myself or whatever, but you better believe that if I didn't make it to where I'm at, I, I would probably be prejudged right out the gate, you know, because I wouldn't know any better. Yeah. So I don't know, man, the decisions you make now, that that's the best, that's the best advice I can give anybody trying to get in law enforcement at 18 years old, 19 years old, the decisions you make now, I guarantee you, uh, whether it's a, whether it's a security clearance or whether it's a, um, background check or something, it, it, it could come up. Yeah. So the decisions you make now, man, could affect you for the rest of your life. It sounds so cliche, but specifically when it comes to law enforcement, you know, it, it can, it can, it can ruin your life. We're, uh, we're very appreciative of you, uh, coming on the podcast and, and sharing your, uh, you know, your wisdom of being on the, uh, on the, on the job for, you know, such a long time. And, and, you know, we're very appreciative of your service, uh, to your community and, uh, and, you know, holding the line, you know, and, uh, just, we wanted to let you know that man and, uh, you know, stay safe out there and, uh, and, uh, and thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, guys. You guys are uh, keep doing doing your thing, bro. I, I completely support it. Um, I think it's good to to see you guys um, grind this out, dude. I think it's 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 only going to get better for you guys. Keep up the good work, bro. I appreciate that. Thanks. So uh, that's it for tonight, guys. This is Pre Mike out. Mm-hmm.